Well, we celebrate this special, it's called a memorial, um, even though our Blessed Mother um, is of the utmost importance in our faith, only behind the Trinity, we don't always acknowledge the fact as high as it could or should be because this particular feast or um, aspect of Mary is more in what is called the apocryphal gospels than in the inspired gospels that were determined by the Catholic Church back in the late 300s. Now, what is the presentation of Mary? The presentation of the Blessed Virgin, Mary, is what we call it in the West. So in the Western Church, which we are part of, it is called the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, in the East, it's called the entry of the most holy Theotokos into the temple. Very beautiful title. Now, the, what is this? What, what is happening? Now, religious parents consecrate their children both before and after their birth. People don't realize this. We've always thought about consecrating in the womb, and we've always heard about consecrating after we're growing up, but uh, a religious parent consecrates their children both before birth and after birth. Now, Mary was just that. She was consecrated fully. Now, to God, we hear about brothers and sisters and mothers, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but to God, Mary is daughter, mother, and spouse. She's daughter of the Father, mother of the Son, and spouse of the Holy Spirit, not somebody to be taken lightly. Now, the feast that we celebrate, I call it a feast, but it's an obligatory memorial, is associated with an event that is not recounted in the New Testament. Okay, so what does that mean? It's based on something called the Proto-Evangelium of James or somebody would say the Gospel of James, which was in the second century. Now, what is that? Okay, people will first say, well, the Catholic Church hid the true Bible because they didn't allow these books to be in the Bible. The Gospel of James, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Mary, the Gospel of Peter. As you've heard me say before, they were not written by Thomas or Peter or Mary. They were named in their honor. But yes, it was the church that determined only the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are inspired. So you can't have it both ways. They want to attack the church because they're saying, well, gee, you blocked these other Bible or these other Gospels from being in the Bible. But in the same sense, they say you're, you're following something that's outside of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Well, who determined that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John were the only ones truly inspired by the Holy Spirit? Yes, the Catholic Church. The Councils of Carthage and Hippo, you've heard me say, in 393 and 397 AD. So now what does all this mean? Okay. In the Proto-Evangelium of James, even though we do not treat the apocryphal gospels as 100% inspired by the Holy Spirit, they can be useful. I learned about them in seminary. They can give us historical data. They can give us interesting insight, but we don't treat them as canonical. Now, here in this event, 
that we are talking about. What happened? Okay, according to this gospel of James, that is not in the canon, in thanksgiving for the birth of Mary, Joachim and Anne, her parents, consecrated Mary to God and brought her at the age of three to the temple in Jerusalem. Now, Mary's presentation at that time, being given to God, is very close to that of Samuel. It makes sense. Who was Samuel's mother? Hannah. Now, his mother Hannah, like Anne, was thought to be barren, couldn't have children. And then when she did, she offered her child as a gift to God. So there's a lot of similarities. Now, the tradition says Mary remained in the temple until 12, when she was then assigned to Joseph as a guardian. Now, again, you do not have to believe this, but this has been the tradition in the church. Now, in our Western tradition, the usually depict her focused, uh, the depictions of her are usually focused on this lone figure of this young Mary climbing the steep steps of the temple. You've probably seen it. I've actually had it in my presentations on Mary. So you see this little young Mary climbing these steep steps of the temple, leaving her parents at the bottom. So you have this picture. There's many paintings of it. You can see it online. You have the parents of Mary, Joachim and Anne, at the bottom. You have this little girl climbing these steep steps and climbing towards the chief priest at the top and other temple leaders at the top of the steps. That's the famous picture that we've seen before. Now, according to the Coptic tradition, her father, Joachim, died when she was six years old. Again, this is just Coptic tradition. And her mother died when Mary was only eight. So the small t tradition is Mary's mom died when she was six, I'm sorry, her father when he, she was six and her mother died when she was eight. Now, this story is small t tradition. It is not doctrine of the church. You don't have to believe it. It's no definitive foundation even in history. The point is what? To show that even in her childhood, Mary was completely dedicated to God. This is the message. This is what's important. Now, this was talked about. In 1974, uh, Pope Paul VI did Mirialis Cultus. This was an encyclical that he wrote. Now, the fact that it's apocryphal, you've got to be careful, but it still presents values and, and carries on these traditions that we have from the Eastern churches. So Paul VI recognized this. Now, this is important because in it, he talks about the connection. Do you know that the three feasts of Our Lady perfectly match the first three feasts of our Lord? This is awesome. Now, what are the first three feasts of Our Lady? Her birthday, which is September the 8th, 
Okay, so birthday of Our Lady. <clears throat> the holy name of Mary, okay, is another feast. And her presentation in the temple, which we celebrate today. So today we're celebrating one of the three big feasts of Our Lady. We have the birthday of Our Lady. Now, of course, these are, are not the biggest feasts because, of course, Mary, the mother of God, the solemnity on January 1st is the biggest. But these three feasts of Our Lady are three that mirror Jesus. The birthday of Our Lady, the holy name of Mary, and the presentation of the temple, they correspond to the first three feasts of the cycle of the Feast of Jesus. So I shouldn't say they're the greatest or the only. Of course not. Mary, the mother of God, on January 1st is the greatest Marian feast. But the feast that I just explained of Mary match perfectly the first three feasts of the cycle of the Feast of Jesus. What do I mean? What is the birthday of Jesus? Christmas. We have the birthday of Mary. What is the holy name of Jesus? With that feast, we also have the holy name of Mary. And we also celebrate the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Like today, we are celebrating the presentation of Mary. So these three feasts just mirror the first three feasts of Jesus in the cycle of feasts. Very powerful. And then finally, on November 21st, which is our date today, is also what we call Pro Orantibus Day. Did you know that today? Are you all celebrating Pro Orientibus Day? <laughs> that is what we celebrate today as well. This is a day of prayer for cloistered religious. Today is a day that we pray for cloistered religious who are totally dedicated to God in prayer, silence, and concealment. I always told you before I saw a bumper sticker that said, do you appreciate the world still exists? Then thank a cloistered nun. And nobody understands the role of the nun. My uncle, even my own father, you know, what a waste. No, the role of a cloistered nun or a cloistered monk for that matter is really what's keeping the world in existence. And, and so we have to understand that today is the day you pray. Uh, a day of prayer for cloistered religious. They have a higher calling than diocesan priests. They even have a higher calling than us apostolic priests. We are considered, <clears throat> you have the diocesan priest, you have then religious priests, which we are as Marians, and within religious communities, you have apostolic, which means you're out and about with the people. That's like... Uh, for the nuns, it's more called sisters. That's why, as I said before, you were taught by sisters, not by nuns. Sisters are the ones out and about. They're apostolic. But the cloistered, the ones who remain dedicated in the temple, in other words, the church, in their cloisters, dedicated to prayer, they are the cloistered nuns or the monks. Friars and sisters are out. They're out with the people, teaching you, uh, working with the poor. The friars, like the Franciscan friars or the Dominican friars, they're out and about. But then you have the monks who are inside, cloistered, like the Benedictine monks. Then with the sisters, you have the sisters who are out and about. They're apostolic. They teach. They, they're nurses. They're, 
beautiful souls. They're out and about with the people, working with the poor. Those are the sisters. But the nuns are the ones who are cloistered, living a life of, of uh, solitude and prayer and deep devotion to God. That's the highest calling. And that's why it's so important for us today to recognize the need to pray uh, for the cloistered religious. It's not an easy life. People think that this is, oh, that's what a simple, easy life. No, it's actually one of the most hard because who much, to whom much is given, much is expected. And they've been given many graces, so we pray for them today. I'm pro orientibus day. Um, pray for them. And then, you know, a lot of people say, well, the church is sexist because it won't ordain uh, women. No, um, no, it's not that at all. In fact, who was the greatest creature ever created? Mary. If Mary, being the greatest creature who was ever created, and she was not a priest. You know, um, a cloistered nun is a higher calling than a diocesan priest. Not the fact that he can confect the Eucharist, but by the very fact that, um, that the way of life lived by a cloistered nun is the highest calling. As Jesus said to Martha and Mary, don't get on Martha. I mean, he told Martha, don't get on Mary. She's chosen the better half. And so while we are apostolic and we're out with the people, today we pray for those who are cloistered. And what a great day to do that on the feast, or I should say the memorial of the presentation of Our Lady who remained in cloistered. In fact, people will say in the Bible, well, where was Mary out doing the work? Where was Mary? How come she wasn't out baptizing people? How come Mary wasn't out um, um, healing and, and cleansing the lepers? Why? Because Mary chose the better part. She was cloistered. She was home. She was there in deep solitude at the feet of Jesus. And that's what we honor today in praying for those cloistered religious. Let us not forget in many ways what that bumper sticker said. If we appreciate that the world exists today, think a cloistered nun. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. 
That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.